Warning. The following podcast contents material that could be deemed offensive. You'll hear explicit language, jokes in poor taste and overall crude humor. Listener discretion is advised. Enjoy. Well, maybe he just has manners. Yo, baby, you've had your asshole licked by a fat man in an overcoat? Hanging with D's, I am your host D's. Doing something a little different today. We're solo, baby. Uh, Dylan is working. And uh, shout out to my guy Jake, who is uh, hopefully home resting well, because my man's caught the Rona. And uh, over on the other side, if you listen to us on uh, El Donzo and D's, um, got a little bit of a situation over there. Donzo is uh, self-isolating for the moment. He will be doing another solo show, probably as we speak. Here on this Black Friday early afternoon, uh, just wanted to get a, some content out there because got a lot going on, um, especially in the NFL. And then we had, of course, the Thanksgiving games and the game that wasn't, which we will get pretty in depth into. That's the Steelers Ravens. Let's uh, first off kick it off with yesterday's action. In the early game, we had the Houston Texans taking on the Detroit Lions. And, well, first off, Thanksgiving went from, eh, okay, and then a great night of football until we saw what happened with the Ravens' COVID outbreak, so they pushed it back to Sunday. Um, But anyway, so the early game, Texans and Lions, and never really was much of a game. Houston got up early and pretty much stayed that way. Deshaun Watson had another monster game, 318 yards, four touchdowns, and uh, Will Fuller, six catches, 171 yards, two touchdowns. Didn't have much of a running game, uh, but they didn't really need it because the Lions just couldn't really get anything going um, consistently. Stafford didn't have necessarily a bad game, but but just couldn't keep up with the Texans. And you got to wonder... Do have the Texans already found their coach? Because since Romeo Cornell has taken over, uh, they're playing better than 500 ball right now. Um, now I know you got some some names out there. Eric Bieniemy comes to mind, but I don't know if if this team continues to to play well. Maybe they give Romeo a shot. But Houston's not far away. They just need some offensive line help. And and maybe another weapon or two for uh, for Deshaun. <coughs> Excuse me. So, anyway, forty-one twenty-one or forty-one twenty-five win over the Lions, and then we had the late game NFC least showdown, which was uh, interesting to to say the least. Uh, Dallas with Andy Dalton, which I I really don't get. Um, maybe I missed something, but. The way Garrett Gilbert played, I don't think he could have looked any worse than what I saw Andy Dalton because Dalton did not look good. 
And uh, Alex Smith didn't look great either, but it, but he was good enough. But Antonio Gibson and uh, Peyton Barber, kind of a one-two punch in the backfield, uh, combined for like 170 yards of their 182 yards rushing. And uh, Terry McLaurin, pretty solid game for him, including basically a game-saving tackle if you really break it down. Um, the game was close. And Alex Smith threw, I don't even know what he was thinking on that pass, but he threw a, uh, it was supposed to be, looked like a crossing route, and it was so, very short and um, picked off basically by uh, Jalon Smith, who for all intents and purposes looked like he was gone. But Terry McLaurin basically pulled a DK Metcalf, caught him from behind, stopped him at the five. Uh, Washington's defense stepped up and forced a field goal, which made it at the time, I believe it was 20 to 16. And then they had another three and out for Washington. And Dallas was held. It was fourth and 10 on their own 24 yard line. And this basically is what blew the game open. Fourth and 10 from their own 24-yard line. Punt team comes out. And rather than just line up and go for it, they tried a very long, drawn-out, like double reverse fake punt. And it actually lost yards. It was, I mean, the actual play call itself was, was baffling. But the execution of it, I mean, it was just one of the most botched plays, let alone fake fake punt plays that I, that I can remember ever seeing. I mean, it just, it was bad. Washington subsequently goes down and scores, and then they get a fumble on the very next play, I believe. Uh, I don't know if it was C.D. Lamb or, oh, no, I'm sorry. It was actually um, at, uh, Ezekiel Elliott fumbles. Next play, Washington scores. So they end up getting two touchdowns, bam, bam, in seven seconds. Blew the game open, and then it was it was just done. You could see, I mean, it, it, the look on their faces. They were defeated. It was over. And Washington ends, ends up with 21 unanswered points in the fourth quarter to pull away 41-16. to 16. And you, what the hell was Mike McCarthy thinking? I, I just, I was dumbfounded. And you see all the talking heads this morning talking about maybe he's lost it and he doesn't have Aaron Rodgers to carry him anymore. And and all that may be true. And don't get me wrong. I mean, we, we all know Dallas is decimated right now. They don't have their star quarterback. Um, their offensive line is in shambles. And they lost two more yesterday in what has been described as significant leg injuries, um, Zach Martin being one of them. And then uh, I can't remember the guy's name, but he was playing left tackle. They lost him as well. And, yeah, Dallas Dallas is in trouble. So, basically, Washington comes away with a win in uh, Alex Smith's third start of the year, puts them at 4-7, and seven, drops Dallas down to 3-8. and eight. Washington is now in the lead in the NFC East, pending, of course, this week's games, which we will also get to a little bit later on. Um but yeah, Washington's another one of those teams that I think they're on the verge of, of maybe being a, a, a good team. Need a little bit of help. They need to find out where they're at with 
the quarterback situation because, like I said, Alex Smith has come in and, and at times has looked great and at times has not. But he's keeping them in games. Even on the, the losses that he's been a part of, he's at least had them there. Antonio Gibson and uh, Peyton Barber, I'm not necessarily saying that either one of them are franchise backs, but they're solid. They still need some help uh, receiver-wise. McLaren is, is young and, and looks like he might be a good one, but they don't have much else after him. Uh, Logan Thomas is kind of playing a, kind of like a Taysom Hill um, tight end slash quarterback running back combo. But, uh, yeah, they definitely need some more help. So we'll see what happens with that. Like I said, Washington sitting at four and seven, currently in the lead by basically a half a game over the Eagles and uh, over the Giants as well. Um, and a lot will be told here in the next couple of weeks as far as what's going on. Now, let's get to the story of the week. The Baltimore Ravens have had uh, a bit of an outbreak. And it started, I believe, early in the week with... Actually, it started, I think, last Sunday night is when they first started coming in. Uh, J.K. Dobbins, Mark Ingram, um, one of the offensive linemen, and the nose tackle all came back positive. Well, more and more has happened, more and more positives throughout the week. And while the Ravens haven't come right out and said it, it's basically been figured out that it's one of the Ravens, I believe, strength conditioning coaches who wasn't adhering to the protocols, not wearing his mask all the time, and that's where they're pinpointing him basically spreading this this COVID to all these other players, which led to a postponement of the what was supposed to be the Thanksgiving night game. So as it stands right now, they're supposed to play Sunday at 12.15, still on NBC um, with the NBC Sunday Night Crew. Then last night comes along, and we now know that Lamar Jackson has tested positive, and I believe the number of players that they have is 11 or 12. So as we sit here right now, the NFL says that the game is planned to go forward. But I, I, I'm I'm not buying that. I think they're still kind of waiting to see what happens. And there was just a tweet that came out and basically said that there is now another positive test out of Baltimore, and it was a, a PCR test, basically a point of contact. Point of contact. Um, the official test result won't come in until later tonight. And my fear is that that is probably going to be the one that pushes everything over the edge. But according to all the reports that I'm seeing, um, they're waiting on the official results of those point of contact tests before they make an ultimate decision. Um, uh, if one or more of them come back positive, they're probably not going to play the game Sunday. Um, if, they come back relatively clean. I I think they gotta say suit up who you have and and play the game. You know this is now the second time that Pittsburgh's schedule has been altered 
due to another team not following the protocols. And look, I realize it wasn't a player, at least that's being reported, uh, that caused this. But a protocol covers, it's, it's a blanket. It covers the entire organization. Even if it's just one lowly strength and conditioning coach that didn't follow the protocol and the rest of the team has to pay for it, well, so be it. You know, these are these are different times. And, you know, other teams in the league are not having issues. I, For example, the Steelers, they've pretty much gotten through this entire season relatively clean, with the exception of a couple weeks ago we had Vance McDonald and... Um, Oh, God, now I can't think of the other guy that was actually positive. Um, but basically, it was contained to those two players who have subsequently got through it. Everybody that was put on the COVID list is now off of it. And and, and we're good. They It didn't lead to a several-player breakout the way it did with Tennessee, the way it did with San Francisco, the way it now is with Baltimore. Now... I see a lot of Steeler fans on, on Twitter and Facebook and everything pounding their fists saying that they should forfeit. And <clears throat> while I tend to agree with that, it's not going to happen. And and here's why. In the agreement with between the NFL and the NFLPA, there is no no language in there for paying players for a game that is forfeited. And... Uh, if you don't know, you see all these contracts that NFL players signed and you just get the, you know, the end all be all number, but that's broken down um, per game check. Their salary isn't, I mean, they don't just get all that money. They get that money for playing the game. And if a team has to forfeit the teams and here's where it gets dicey. The teams could literally say, well, you didn't play. So we don't have to pay you. Now, while I don't necessarily think the Steelers would do that, I I can't be 100% positive that the Ravens wouldn't fight it. And I think the NFL wants to avoid that kind of fight. Is it the right thing to do if the game can't be played? Yeah, I think it is. You know, because there are only other options... If the game can't be played on Sunday, is is you could A, move it to Monday or Tuesday, but that creates a new can of worms because the Ravens are scheduled to play the Cowboys on, on Thursday. So that game would have to be moved. So if you play, if you move the game to Monday or Tuesday, you then have to move next week's game between the Ravens and the Cowboys to Sunday or Monday. Or the other option would be the aforementioned week 18, which we've talked about on this show basically since the beginning. They have this extra week uh, built into the, the season, the bye week basically, and they would play the game then. But again, that's that's a, a, a last-ditch effort if they can't get the game in. Um, because then everything gets pushed back and or there is the other uh, solution, which would be to scrap the current playoff format and take the top 16 teams 
and, and make that have them qualify for the playoffs. And that situation sucks. And let me tell you why. The bye week for the number one seed, gone. They they would not get their bye week. Sure, they would get a eight seed, I think, to start, but still, you got the Raven or you got the Steelers and the uh Kansas City Chiefs playing their asses off to try and secure this number one seed so they can get a bye. And now that's in jeopardy. And that really sucks for the Steelers because they were supposed to have a, a bye week in week seven. Instead, because the Titans fucked up, the Steelers had to take their bye in week four. So now they're playing, as of right now, 13 straight games. And if you take away that bye week, if, if I mean, granted, a lot has to happen, but let's say that, you know, the Steelers do finish with the best record in the AFC, but because of the Ravens, there's no more bye week. So that means the Steelers are going to have to, in order to get to the Super Bowl, they're going to have to basically play an entire season's worth of games with, with no bye week. And that sucks. The Steelers followed all the protocols. They followed all the rules. And because of two teams on their schedule didn't, now their schedules are getting dicked around. And when they first moved the game from Thanksgiving, there were several Steelers taking to social media to express their displeasure. They're not necessarily mad at the Ravens. I've seen most of them wish well on, on all the players that are affected and they're not, you know, sure. They want to face the Ravens best, but they also want to play the damn game. And they're, you know, they weren't happy with the, the moving of the game to, you know, again, they followed the rules. Another team didn't. And it seems like the Steelers are the ones that are getting punished the most for the whole thing. <coughs> and, the, you know, the other thing with moving this game beyond Sunday or Monday is that, that now the Ravens get 100% healthy when, you know, you're supposed to be treating this like an injury. As a Steeler fan, would I rather face the Ravens with, you know, without Lamar and all those things? It, yeah, kind of even though we've already beat them, but I know how hard that is to do. So, I mean, I'm kind of torn. Sure, I'd like to beat them at full strength, but at this point, my concern is securing that number one seed by any means necessary. I don't know. It's just, I don't know. It just seems like the, the Steelers are getting the short end of the stick on, on the whole situation, and the NFL doesn't care. So we'll... Uh, We'll look and see what happens later on tonight, um, whether or not that game is going to go down. My, uh, I guess, gut feeling is that it's not going to happen. And while they're, they're going to get up there and talk about how it was not a competitive edge uh, that, fa that factored in the decision, I think that had Lamar Jackson not been one of these players – I, I think they would have probably leaned towards playing it. But I, I just got a feeling that they're going to move the game away from Sunday. and Which, yeah, you know, I guess the, the Steelers would then get a bye week, and that's great. But a bye week, you're supposed to have time off, and the Steelers have been working. They've been going to practice, meetings, things of that nature. 
Tomlin did cancel practice today, being Friday, uh, because they were waiting on what's going on. Or maybe he's already been in contact with somebody and he just isn't allowed to say. But still, Steelers are following the rules and and they're getting punished and it really kind of sucks. So that's my take on that. Now, I'm going to keep a close eye on that just in case something comes up, but uh, I'm going to move on now. And uh, we'll talk about the rest of the games and and see where we're going with that. Start off with Sunday at noon, Raiders and the Falcons. Raiders almost had the Chiefs. They just they gave that ball up with a little too much time, and uh, Patrick Mahomes did what Patrick Mahomes does. But the Raiders are definitely training in the right direction, and I don't think the Falcons have much of a chance. Um, although, following uh, Dylan's belief system, you got a West Coast team, pretty much West Coast team, Vegas, um, coming to an East Coast for a noon game. But I just don't think the Falcons are good enough. I'm, I'm, I think the Raiders will find a way to uh, to pull that one off. Then you got Chargers, Bills, again, in Buffalo. This is West Coast, East Coast, early game. Bills all the way there. Even though uh, just, just, uh, Justin Herbert's playing very well, just don't think they've got enough to, to handle Buffalo. That line is only five and a half, and that's really kind of a surprise to me. Then we got the New York football giants taking on the Cincinnati Bengals and the Bengals, as we now know, are without Joe Burrow for the rest of the year. Maybe longer. They're saying nine months, but uh, again, he tore his ACLs, MCL, and other structural damage, which they haven't really said what that structural damage is, but uh, not looking real good for Joe Burrow, but Hopefully he makes a, a full recovery and is able to come back and, you know, youth is on his side, so we'll see. But anyway, Giants, they are definitely trending upwards. They need a win to uh, keep pace with the Washington football team, and I think they're going to get it here. Um, I don't think Ryan Finley is, is the answer. So I, I think the Giants win this one. <coughs> then we got the Titans and the Colts. Uh, for the second time this season. And this should be another really good game in Indianapolis. Titans coming off a uh, big overtime win against the Ravens. And then we've got, and see, that's the other thing is not to go harp on the situation. The Titans just played the Ravens. And none of them have come back positive. And those, those Ravens players came back positive later that night. So, We'll see how that goes. Anyway, Titans-Colts. Um, man, tough game. Indy by three is the line. I'm, I'm going to go Titans with this. I think they're, uh, they're going to stay on a roll and, and take first place. So I'm going to take Tennessee. Panthers-Vikings. Christian McCaffrey tried to do a little work. Um, don't know if he's going to be back. My gut says he's not, but but we'll see. Panthers should have Teddy Bridgewater back. But Dalvin Cook's playing well for the most part. 
four and seven Panthers against the Vikings. Uh, I'm gonna. I think the Vikings bounce back here and get a win at home against Carolina. Cardinals taking on the Patriots. Patriots again. We. I just don't know who this which Patriots team is going to show up from week to week. So I'm gonna I'm gonna ride my uh, my sleeper pick Cardinals. I think they're gonna get a win, even though it is Foxborough. It's uh, it's a West Coast to East Coast for a noon game. It's Bill Belichick. Man, that's. I think I'm I'm gonna go ahead and go with Cardinals, but my gut tells me that. Um, the opposite is going to happen, but fuck it. I'm going to I'm gonna ride my pick. I'm going to go with the Cardinals. Dolphins, Jets. Do we, I mean, really have to talk about it? Although the Dolphins did not look very well last week. They ended up pulling Tua and putting Fitz in there. Still lost. Jets are getting back Sam Darnold. They still don't have very many weapons around him, so I think the Dolphins bounce back here and Jets stay on their, their slide. Browns, Jags. There's, yeah, Jaguars have shown nothing, although um, I think I read Gardner Minshew might be back this week, but I don't think it's going to matter. I think the Browns are going to win that one pretty easily. Um, Ravens-Steelers, if it happens, as it sits right now, uh, I got to go, of course, I'm going to go with Pittsburgh. Uh, a lot of people are pointing out the fact that last year, at the end of the year, RG3, who would, as of right now, be the starting quarterback if that game is played on Sunday, um, was the quarterback last at the end of last year when the, the Ravens beat the Steelers pretty handedly. And Gus Edwards had a hell of a game, who will be the starting running back because he's one of the only healthy ones they got. But Pittsburgh had a guy named Duck Hodges started that game, and we know that their offense was was pretty bad. So... And the Steelers, for the first time in a very, very long time, I, I think I read it, it might have even been the first time in Steeler history, but I'm not 100% on that. Three straight games without allowing a sack. And as somebody who has been a fan forever and has watched Ben Roethlisberger his entire career, our biggest complaint about him has been he hangs on to the ball too long. Well, this year that is not the case as he leads the league in the fastest snap to release, um, you know, on passing plays. And, and maybe that's just him getting older, doesn't want to get hit. And, and that helps also takes pressure off the running game because when you snap the ball and you're, you're throwing it within two seconds, it's basically like a running play. A lot of those plays are only getting three, four, or five yards, but that's every bit as good as a running game. Um, so yeah, that that makes a big difference. But yeah, even with RG three, they're dangerous. They they still have a decent run game. Um, RG three is not quite the threat that Lamar Jackson is. I don't think either one of them are very good passers as we've seen. Uh, but the difference maker here is is Big Ben and. Yeah, if the game is played Sunday, I don't see any reason why the Steelers would lose this, uh, especially now with them having kind of a chip on their shoulder about it. So if the game is played Sunday, 
as as both teams stand as they are right now, yes, I'm definitely taking the Steelers. <coughs> there is currently no line listed, and that's because the status of the game is up in the air. Um, so, yeah, moving on to the 3 o'clock game, Saints-Broncos. Taysom Hill looked pretty good last week and got no reason to believe that he's going to regress, so I'm going to go ahead and take the Saints. 49ers, Rams. Again, Rams are kind of on a roll right now. Uh, they are undefeated at home, and that's where they are this week. And the 49ers, as we know, still decimated uh, by injuries. Even though a lot of the players are coming off the COVID list, uh, they don't have enough to, to beat the Rams. So Rams taking that one. The big game Sunday afternoon, the 3.30 slot, Chiefs and Buccaneers. We got Patrick Mahomes. We got Tom Brady. A lot of drama out of Tampa this week with what Arians basically kind of calling out Brady. Um, haven't seen any kind of response from Brady. Uh, but it's kind of nice to uh, to see a quarterback, you know, or not a quarterback, but a coach. Not really. I mean, Belichick didn't ever say much of anything about anybody. And Arians is not that way. And it makes you wonder if things are not all well in Tampa. Um, I don't think it's any secret that Arians wanted no part of Antonio Brown. And that was all Tom Brady's doing to get him there. And don't get me wrong, Brown, I mean, he's been decent. But so far, we have not seen that an Antonio Brown that we're accustomed to seeing. Right now, he's just that slot guy making five, seven, ten-yard catches. Hasn't really broke one open, so we'll see. As far as the game goes, uh, I think Tampa's offense can score on the Chiefs. Um that they're better than the Raiders offense and the Raiders had no problem scoring on the chiefs defense. So I think this is going to be a, a who's a shootout for one, but who's going to make the mistake that is going to lead to victory. And just judging by what I've seen, I, I think Brady is going to be the one to make that mistake. I feel like Tampa's defense is in a better matchup than the Chiefs' defense. But, yeah, I, I think the Chiefs are going to win this. As as a Steeler fan sitting here, though, my heart, uh, for <laughs> one of the very few times in my life, I will be rooting hard for, for Tom Brady because we need to see the Chiefs lose and, and give the Steelers a little breathing room. But my gut says that the Chiefs are going to win this one. Sunday night. Bears Packers that I see no reason to believe the Bears have a chance in this game. Um seems like their offense just gets worse and worse as the season goes on and Green Bay gets better and better. So uh the line is nine and a half and it's it, it's Bears Packers, so I think that line is is pretty high. Because even when those teams have been miles apart, it seems like they find a way to keep it close. But I think the Packers are going to pull this one out. Monday night, Seahawks traveling to Philadelphia to play the Eagles. Carson Wentz, it's hard to imagine a quarterback regressing 
as much as we've seen Carson Wentz regress this year. So I, I got to believe that the Seahawks and Russell Wilson are going to probably light them up. So I think the Seahawks are going to take that game. I got no reason to believe that, that Philadelphia has got anything for uh, Seattle, even though Seattle's defense uh, is not the best. But I still, like I said, I just don't see any reason to believe that the Eagles are, are going to put anything together to win that game. I, I can't do it. So that's who, uh, that's who I'm picking for this week. And, and we'll see what happens with that. Also this weekend, tomorrow night, uh, Mike Tyson returns to the ring for the first time in, what, 15 years or so? Um, taking on Roy Jones Jr. Now, Jones Jr. has had some fights, none of which he's looked very good. And in all the little video clips and things that have come out with Tyson, he just... He looks like he's in phenomenal shape. And I know that they're saying that this is a exhibition and whatnot, but I think Tyson's going to come out and I think he's going to come out fired up. And I, I, I just don't see, I don't see Roy Jones making it out of the second round. Maybe not even the first because Tyson looks, he looks hungry. Now, I said previously that if Tyson comes out and just looks super incredible, somebody's going to try and sign him to a big fight, and I still believe that. <clears throat> and I think Tyson knows that. And I think, while he may not be saying it yet, I think Tyson believes that the state of the heavyweight division is not all that great. Although, personally, I think it's in the best shape it's been in a long time but still that's a big money fight if Tyson comes out of this fight looking great promoters are going to jump all over trying to get him into the ring with, with one of these big name heavyweights so do I think Tyson can handle Tyson Fury or I can't even think of the other guy's name right now but the kid in me wants to say yes, but uh, I, I don't think so. Um, while Tyson is, could Tyson knock those guys out? Yeah. I still believe Tyson's punching power can take out any heavyweight that's out there right now. But Tyson's chin at, at, at the age that he's at right now, could he take the punches of those guys? And I, I just don't think so. But it'll be fun to watch. And Saturday will be interesting, like I said. Um, I don't think I would pay for it. Just because I mean, and it, it's it's already setting some some records for advanced sales for pay per view. And, and that's kind of mind blowing, but we'll see what happens with that. Um that is Saturday night. I think it's taking place in California. And I'm going to break away from that because, as I predicted, we now have breaking news. The Steelers and Ravens game has now been moved to Tuesday. They have not announced a kickoff time yet, but that, I mean, yeah, they're moving it to Tuesday, probably going to be Tuesday night. And basically what that's going to do is it's going to move the Ravens-Cowboys game 
to at least Sunday, if not later, because, I mean, obviously they're not going to turn around and play a game the day or two days after playing the Steelers. So what does that all mean? Um, I, I got to think that most of those players on the list are still going to be out. Uh, unless they've got Donald Trump's plan for uh, getting the virus out of their system. So that's the, the current report now is Tuesday. I don't know exactly how I feel about it. Uh, I guess I'm glad they're going to play the game as opposed to outright canceling it or moving it towards the end of the season. Um, so again, back to my original point. Now the Steelers get fucked again because they got to play a Tuesday game. Then they'll turn right around and play a Sunday game against uh, Washington. So it is what it is. Um, I'm still not hundred percent convinced that the game will go off on Tuesday. We don't know what's going to happen with, with these tests, but what, them making the decision right now tells me that there there probably is more positives coming that that we haven't been told about yet. So we'll we'll see what happens with that. But that's where we stand. So I think I'm gonna wrap it up with that. Um again, going solo, don't have anybody to really bounce shit off of, but we'll go with that. Um try and get back in here probably in a few days, maybe after Sunday's games. And hell, maybe even Wednesday to to talk about hopefully the game that happens on Tuesday night. So that's going to be all for me. If you're out there listening, I appreciate it very much. And uh, we will catch you next time. This has been Hanging with D's. I'm D's. We'll see you next time. Goodbye. (laughs) 